where do we start with this? Mm. It's a depressing factoid either way. So I'm 27. Just a quick declaration of my age. I've been on this planet for over 27 years. And in that time, I haven't learned much. Not at all. This year, I will turn 28. And that was a point which I was was considering, because it means it's been 10 years since I was 18, which is when, in the UK at least, you officially become an adult. Because you can do all the adult things. You can drink. You can. You, 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 in the UK, it's a little weird. You, you gain things gradually over time because they trust you to, you know, operate a motor vehicle, but they don't trust you to vote at that age. And at sixteen, you can have intercourse, but you can't drive or smoke. So there's a, there's a few few choices which which are made for you by the age uh, the age you are in the UK. But I was thinking about when I was 18 and, and uh, the fact that it'll be 10 years since I was 18, and that was making me feel nice and old, as, as it would for, for anybody. But it also got me thinking about the whole millennial conversation and how I'm, I'm apparently part of this millennial generation. I was unaware. They never sent me the, uh, the submission form. Apparently, I was just indoctrinated when I was born, because I was born within a certain period of time, which I've been told is 1982 to 2002, which seems like a really arbitrary date to pick. Anyone born between 82 and 2002 is apparently millennial. And then I was clicking through all these clickbait articles, which are saying millennials are killing a generation and undoing all the hard work, which... We never had to do because banks would actually give loans to people back when baby boomers were married. But getting off that point, it came up with an interesting fact, or what I thought was an interesting fact, that realistically, within my adult lifetime, from when I was 18 to now, presumably until I turned 28, um, I've never lived in a time of financial security or affluence within this country. I don't want to I want to prefix that by saying I, I, I don't know why I ended that with my within this country because I've always lived in this country. But essentially I've never I've never had a time of financial stability within this country. And I'll explain that because I know a lot of people A aren't interested, so why are you listening to this podcast? But also B uh don't know because they don't come from this country. Um so in 2007, back when I was uh, 17, the recession occurred. Everyone was affected. The world world went into turmoil, and you know, the start of the great, the great recession, as uh, as they were calling it, as Wikipedia calls it. Uh, looking this up, there was the Great Depression back in uh, 1930, but we got the Great Recession, which went from, <laughs> from 2008 through to 2010. So. In 2007, the economy collapsed and we went to the recession. So, I turned 18 when the recession hit. That was a nice present. 
I thought, you know, I'll go into university. Nice fail safe. That'll that'll uh, that'll keep me occupied for three years or so. Turns out uh, that that didn't really work because even when it came to 2010, um, when I was leaving university, the recession was still in uh, still in full effect and had crippled the job market. But that's a whole other argument and discussion which we can have. Never, because it's uh, it's not a tale which I recount. Either way, so that led us to 2010. Fair enough, 2010 had occurred, and, you know, I'd be, what would it be? Be 20, 21, something like that. At which point the Conservative government came into power in the UK, who are the equivalent of the American Republicans. So they started doing austerity and cuts and cutting essential services, lowering the amount of money which was available to people to get essential services, trying to decimate the uh, the job seekers allowance, which literally everyone my age needed because there was no way to support yourself, because there was no jobs. What I'm trying to say is the Conservative government essentially came in and did what the Conservative government do, where they remove finance from the country in order to uh, prop up businesses and prop up people higher up. I don't have any particular negativity in terms of parties, by the way. I don't sit with one party. I've never completely agreed with one party. Prior to being in my adult life, my experience of government was the Blair Party, who, during my formative teenage years, I watched go to war for oil. So, my experience with government has never been—it's never sat right, and and maybe that—that's an interpretation of why 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 I am where I am. But either way, I—I'm I, just gonna say I'm not putting down the conservative right because I can see the logic in what they're doing. I don't agree with what they're doing in any way, shape, or form, but I can see the logic. So I know—I know it's nothing. I don't hate when people make political parties about good and evil. This isn't about good and evil. This is about two sets of people and how they approach a problem. But that's that's a whole other discussion. Either way, if you want to read that, you can go to nullpoint.org and there's by design about the election and there's an explanation in there. Either way, back to my point, which is apparently the catchphrase of this podcast getting back to the point so that means leads us up to today when we're still in a a period of austerity and uh yeah financial ruin and yeah i had this thought this thought which occurred to me which was i've never lived in a time of financial stability no one from my generation has lived in a time of financial stability of uh, financial affluence and I don't know, I don't get how the generation before us don't realise that. Is that they had these children, they put these children into the world, and then began to complain when the systems which cost money weren't being maintained by the younger generation. And the younger generation sat thinking, well, I don't have the money to maintain those systems. A lot of the clickbait articles I see... Uh, millennials are ruining this and the millennials are ruining that Um, you know this and that major brands in the UK this and that if you you can't get it from this you'll get it from that That, that's the basis of this and that but 
just going to pour my coffee, excuse me. So we're in a situation where the generation before, for some reason, cannot see that the generation underneath them is broke, despite that generation beneath them being their children. And I think this is this is a this is there's a reason behind this. Now, let's take my family for example. My family have never been particularly affluent in terms of finance. I fully aware. I fully aware. Great sentence, that group. I'm fully aware that uh, I'm. Ne I've never been really poor. I've been very, uh, luckily, no, very lucky, very privileged to have the life that I have had. But I've never been, I've never been upper class. I never had, we've never had money to burn when we were kids. We took cheaper holidays when, as a as teenager, we still took cheaper holidays because, you know, we hold on to money. Um, but it's, it's never been a situation where I felt like I ever, ever wanted for anything. Like I've never gone without food. Or, or warmth, though I've known times of financial hardship within my family, um, and so my parents are in a situation where they have they have savings, they have a house, they own their house, they both work. So whilst they still think about money a lot because they've always had that life, they're in a very comfortable position. And then they look at the younger generation, which is me and my brother, and they've seen us go through financial hardship. We've had to borrow money from them. We've had situations where it was literally food or rent and we just didn't have that money despite working. Um, neither of us has been extendedly unemployed because we take what we can get. We were very, very adaptable. Both me and my brother are very adaptable to uh, finding ourselves employment and, and getting money. So... They look at our generation and they see us too and they see, okay, well, it's clearly been hard and it was hard for them. We'll leave through. But at the same time, there's people who are there, part of their generation, their friends, who look at, our, look at us, look at the likes of me and my brother, who are doing okay. We're not, we're not homeless. We do eat. We're able to buy occasionally, you know, things to entertain ourselves, a game, a book here and there. But neither of us splurge. So they see it as well. Why aren't you? Why aren't you splurging on the things which we splurge on? Why aren't you taking a holiday to here, there, and everywhere? Why aren't you going to restaurants once a week? Why aren't you, you know, supporting these industries which obviously their generation are the owners of because they're at that age where their their generation owns that, without seeing the whole of bigger picture? The <laughs> we don't live in a time of that. We don't live in a time where. We have that disposable income, and we've never lived in a time for that. So even if there was disposable income to be had, the likelihood is we wouldn't spend it in the same way because we've lived through 10 years of being told there's no money. When you have money, you need to do something smart with that money, not just go out and spend it. The UK vote, which happened recently, was hugely divided by generation, and, and this was a massive example of it, that the older vote, although it conservative, and the younger vote, I'd say all those. I know a lot of people didn't vote conservative. I'm not. I'm not trying to belittle anyone. But the, the disparity between it. Oof, my wrist cracked. Did you hear that? That was terrible. Ooh, no, I'm gonna stop doing that. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, they all. They, there was a lot of voting for conservative, and it was all from the older generation. And there's a lot of voting Labour, and it was all from the younger generation. And it's because through these last ten years, obviously I turned eighteen, as I said in 2007, 2008. See, I'm terrible with dates. I can't remember when my own birth days were. Regardless. So we turned that. So every generation 
every year after that, there has been another 18-year-old who has become 18, registered to vote, has then proceeded with me through that decade, through that time period of saying, well, there's no jobs, and everyone's broke, and my older siblings are broke, um, so maybe maybe I, I need to work differently in order to do this. And so you know, the whole generation's just found ways to make money. I think our generation has a lot more in common with our grandparents' generation in terms of how we approach life. Because uh, the generation before, obviously, the my parents and the baby boomers was, was a post-war generation. They were a generation who had who'd grown up or at least seen the, the aftershock of uh, World War II. <clears throat> and so they, they had this whole resourcefulness and the fact that there wasn't any money because there was all this war and this, this crippled, uh, crippled look of, of how things had been through the 80s. And because I think the way generations kind of get split, especially in terms of the baby boomers and uh, the millennials, is, is about 20 years. <clears throat> but in the 50s, obviously, there was, there was a, a recession before. And so they have this, this independent resourcefulness and they can see what we're going through and they recognize it. They recognize it as behavior and the generation after that do not recognize this behavior because they see this behavior as how their grandparents acted and they see this behavior as... Well, I don't, I don't. They don't understand it. It was what they rebelled against, and I can completely understand that. Is that it's what they didn't like about their parents, like the fact that we have a, this generation of ours who look at it to the. I'm saying generation a lot, but we look at it before and we say we don't like what our parents spent all of this money. We don't like that they have this lavish lifestyle and are willing to undercut people who live on minimum wage so they can have more and we hated that and we still hate that and that's that's something which we when we live our own lives we look at and think we need to change that and so when they look back they think well you know my my grand made her own socks well i don't want to make my own socks because that takes up too much time i'll just go buy new socks socks being you know every other item in the world and they hate that, so they they had the, this this tough, tough, um, tough view of their their parents before them, and then the world changed, and they were able to not have that tough life, and they didn't want their children to have that tough life because they saw it as a bad thing, and yet, <laughs> rather inexplicably, people are having that tough life. People are making their own things. People are doing their own own projects and and trying to figure out the world around them in a more practical manner than the, the generation before them. And it's a real... It's trying to open that dialogue. To understand it. I didn't want to get into a discussion about generation disparity, but it was... I, I don't get it. This, this 10-year decade, decade of living under a country which has no financial gain, at least none which our, our generation could see. I mean, it's, it's that there was a vote the other day. I mean, depending on when this gets posted, you you got to realize that that part of my brain right now is is living in a weird, strange state where 
the Conservative government still trying to grasp on power because obviously they didn't get the majority which they wanted during the election. I start thinking, well, they've just given a billion pounds. A billion, that's such a, that's pie in the sky money, which is a great phrase. And I'd love to know where it came from. Pie in the sky. That's that's the dream. Everyone's dream is just to see pie in the sky. But if it started raining pies, we'd all be terrified. So they just gave a billion pounds to DUP in order to keep power. Regardless of who DUP are, that's a whole other podcast. But they gave a billion pounds to another party, or promised, guaranteed. They haven't just given them it, but they have given them it in order to keep power. And then the next week or so, or the next day, they said, oh, no, we can't give raises to the essential services. We can't give nurses and firefighters a raise because we can't afford it. And yet they promised a, a billion pounds to another political party so they could stay in power. So I'm kind of reeling from that whilst looking at the world and thinking, it's been a decade. It's no wonder people my age are so cynical. It's no wonder nihilist memes have become the online phenomena that they have. When you think you have people who've grown up for 10 years as adults being told there's not enough of anything and you'll have to work harder if you want more. How is... <laughs> I don't understand how people can't see the logic. I know I, I have a I have a, a panache for being self-aware and trying to view the larger picture, and maybe that's why I see it. But it's such a realisation. That if, if nothing changes, you're going to do another ten years of this? The interesting, the interesting thought on this is: let's say nothing changes. Let's, let's, let's say, let's say we carry on as we are. Let's say we get another ten years of conservative government. Maybe not even conservative. Maybe even get Labour government. But we get another ten years, and there's no. We we have another recession. Or this is this is pie in the dirt dreams, where you you dream of the worst thing happening. Is that that's balanceable, right? Pie in the sky, dreams, wants, needs, hopes. Pine the dirt after falls from the sky, reality check, where you, you're picking dirt out of your pie. Which could sound way dirtier than it's meant to. But, back to the point at hand. So pine the dirt, we go another 10 years. So I'll be 38 within that year. Excuse me, just taking a drink. So I'd be 38 within that year, which means I would have lived... Through that time, my parents would be getting into their 60s. If I know, they'd be more towards their 70s. <clears throat> getting to a point where their generation is now thinking about full-on retirement, but also thinking about their health and and, and what they're going to do when things go wrong. I mean, I've had I've had you know grandparents going to homes, um, having to support them financially. If their finances unavailable for one reason or other maybe because we had another another 10 years of recession or a financial downturn then they're going to be looking to their children who if nothing has changed would be unable to support them financially 
would be completely unable to support them financially. Let's, hypothetically, if my parents went into a home right now and their, their savings collapsed for one reason or another, I would never be able to support them. I don't see a day that I could support them at the moment within my life. And so you, you've got to think, you can't keep supporting the oldest generation. You can look at life and think we can only support the top because the cup. Oh, that, that's, I'm just about to go into it. The theory, which is 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 at hand, which is a lot of people don't realize, is that their basic premise of how life runs is that you support the top because then the top can finance the bottom or help the bottom. If the top collapses, then everything collapses in their view. They view it as, as an upside down pyramid. If the top collapses, there's nothing left for the bottom to strive to. Instead of realizing that if the bottom collapses, the top will fall. And then the top will fall as well. And that's that's, that's how that premise goes. I don't feel like this is a very fun podcast. It may be interesting, but if you've got no interest in finance, then what's the point? We are in... <laughs> We are such an angry generation. I don't think we were angry. I think we're past angry because we watched the punks and the short-lived version of Anarchy. And we looked at it and decided that, you know what, that doesn't work. So we're a new type of angry. We're excessively cynical. And overwhelmingly negative to our own futures and everyone's futures but we're patient or we try to be regardless of what the media portrays as was discussed in a previous podcast with uh, Charlotte uh, Charlotte Green and if you want to go watch that we discuss how media portrays feminism which is a whole other argument Perhaps you feel the same. Perhaps you've seen it as well and noticed that there's a 10-year disparity. Perhaps you haven't. Maybe this will make you think about it. I'm not saying you have to change your view. I don't... I'm just trying to put my ideas out there. These podcasts have never been about trying to solve anything particularly. Trying to broach anything and change your views. All I'm trying to do is generate discussion. And put a, a slightly wider view than was there before. And you can only really do that by, by sitting and talking and having a cup of coffee and maybe a cigarette and wondering where you'll end up in the end. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later.